Welcome to the You Collective podcast. You Collective is an open platform democratizing the voice of pathmakers path with achievement and impact, and we provide a window into these pathmakers and their evolving journey. Today, we have Kamal Arroyo, who is a pathmaker living in New York City. Kamal, welcome. Thank you. So, to start with, tell us about yourself. I am a New Yorker. I am Dominican, who's been living in New York for well over twenty years now.、Uh, so I think I break the mark to say that I'm a New Yorker, <laughs> and I am twenty-six years old. I work、uh, here in New York City government. I work for the Department of Transportation, where I am a policy officer for the agency. And yeah, I. I, I am a swimmer. I'm a rock climber and a skier and a scuba diver, and I'm also disabled. I I have a disability. I had a bad downhill mountain biking accident eight years ago, which landed me in a wheelchair. And tell us about your your journey to get to where you are today、uh, as a policy.、Uh, A maker in the New York government, and through your own kind of persistence and perseverance,、um, the road to this job was has been really interesting.、Um, I never thought that I would end up working in government.、Um, at a very early age, I I worked in finance.、Um, when I was fifteen, I was hired at Merrill Lynch. And at the World Financial Center, and I worked for a team of private wealth advisors, and I thought that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life.、Um, but pretty quickly, I learned that it, I didn't find that environment fun. I didn't like the fa- the fact of making money for very wealthy people. But I didn't know anything else. And at fifteen, you know, you're pretty gullible and the flashy and The access that you're afforded in that environment really won me over and made me think that that's what I wanted.、Uh, this path that I'm on now really didn't start until after my accident,、um, you know, after I had my spinal cord injury, and I learned that there's this huge subset of our society that isn't visible, that isn't out in the field for a number of reasons.、Um, You know, it's not easy to navigate the streetscape with a disability,、um, and it's. It was then that I that I found a purpose, if you will,、um, a passion that was bigger than myself and bigger than my desire for、uh, accumulating wealth. And it was then that I started defining my own definition of success. And not what Forbes magazine is telling us is successful. And in your role today,、uh, do you work with a lot of、um, individuals in New York City、uh, who also have disabilities? And also, do you work with the private sectors?、So、what do you?、Uh, who do you work with? And what are some of the things that are top of your mind? That's a great question.、Um, I'll tell you something. I love my job, and the reason why I love my job is because I am responsible 
for 850,000 New Yorkers. That is the number of New Yorkers who self-report to the U.S. Census and say that they have a disability. Um, uh, we all know that that number is probably a lot higher because not everybody fills out the censor. But I feel a tremendous pride and responsibility knowing that it's my job to get 850,000 New Yorkers to be able to navigate down Fifth Avenue like anybody else does. Um, so in my day-to-day, I work with a lot of private contractors, private developers. I work with a lot of our sister agencies in New York City. The work at the New York City Department of Transportation and what we do there. And on kind of a daily basis, I mean, do, do you find that um, New York City and, uh, you know, the, the people understand kind of the mission that you're trying to accomplish or you feel like every day there is a persuasion that needs to happen um, to allow different sectors and industries to really do a better job in providing services to uh, individuals with disabilities? Oh, I believe that every day I am out there, I am pitching my views, my ideas, my my ways to make New York City more accessible to everyone, to my colleagues, to people outside of my agency, to private companies who are putting up new buildings and helping them understand egress routes and path of travels. Um, Personally, I believe that we're all selling something. Um, and I see myself as a salesman for this new subset of our community, of our population. I am selling accessibility every day um, to everyone around me, helping people understand the importance of creating inclusive and accessible environments for all of us, for all New Yorkers and all the people who come and visit us on a daily basis from out of town. Um, I feel that it's a never-ending conversation and every day you have to push it push that dialogue forward and yeah i'm absolutely a salesman here so let's kind of retrace uh kind of your journey a little bit so you know you lived in new york for a long time you went to nyu you had an interesting role and then you had this kind of personal event um which you know for almost everyone and for most individuals it's you know it's really hard to to imagine what what's that like and you're able to now kind of channel that what happened at that event um that changed your life uh, to something that you're passionate about you know, where where did you find that courage and at what point did you say you know this happened to me and this is what I'm going to do and um and I think I will find meaning in that. You know, the honest answer is that I I switched that 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 mindset when I realized that you know my family was all crying around me when I had this accident. And that was the last thing I ever wanted anyone to do, to worry about me and to think that I was not going to be okay. Um, 
And it was then that I said, you know, I'm fine. I might not be walking right now, but I have a brain. I can still do anything I want. Um, being able to walk doesn't preclude you from having a fulfilling life. And it was really my desire to kind of show them how, how I was still me and how I was still able to have a fulfilling life that really pushed me to, to get out of my, get out of the hospital and hit the ground running, you know, right away. I, I, I was discharged from my rehab center after living there for 10 months and I hopped into a yellow cab and went straight to NYU because there were two options. You can either sulk and have self-pity and that leads you to having no one around you because who really wants to be around someone who's depressed and a Debbie Downer and not doesn't have a positive outlook? Not me. And I'm guessing not very many people want to be around that state of mind. So it was either that or rise. And, you know, when those are your two options, I think it's pretty clear what you do. Because you don't want to be a burden, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer, and you want to be around your friends and family and people who care about you in a positive way. And that's really what drove me to, to decide, you know what, there's got to be something more out there. And I can't, I'm not going home, and I'm not going to let this disability succumb me into something that I'm not, you know. I was always a go-getter. At 15, I started working at Merrill Lynch. Um, I wasn't going to let this accident at 18 stop me from rising. And now you are one of the youngest officers in New York City helping make a difference. I, I am. And, you know, it's really a fascinating opportunity that I have. Um, after two years of my job at a different bank at Morgan Stanley after graduating NYU, I realized that, you know, Q... There, there's just something bigger than this whole financial world, financial investment banking system. And you know exactly what it is. You need to change the status quo where it's an oddity that people with disabilities are out here working like you are. You need to be a lot more visible and you need to get out of hiding behind a desk in an environment that cares about the bottom line of making money. And really, you need to be a role model and have other people see you as a contributing member of society who has redefined the definition of success for himself. And it's out there every day making a difference for people. Um, while, while still maintaining a very fun and very active life. And that's what I'm doing now, you know, after um, I left investment banking, I, I was fortunate enough to meet a fantastic new commissioner at the New York City Department of Transportation who really allowed me to sell her this idea of inclusion and accessibility and let her see that, you know, I wasn't out to get anyone, uh, you know, I, I wasn't out to tell people that they weren't doing a good job. I was out to really showcase the good job that was already happening. And that's the biggest, you know, shift 
in in my job in my world is that there's so much already being done for accessibility and for inclusion that never gets mentioned. So I come in and as a person with a disability, I'm able to say, hey guys, we're doing all this awesome work. We're gonna show it off because the community know, knows nothing of what we're doing here. And it's a disservice that we're doing to ourselves every day when we don't brag a little, you know, when we don't include these members in all, into all the amazing work that we're doing. So I was fortunate to be able to help design this job that I have now where I am the first policy officer ever at the New York City Department of Transportation who works in the executive office for the commissioner and whose main focus is accessibility to and through our entire agency. So now I'm able to work with senior staff members and making sure that the policies that we're making from the commissioner's office, from the executive level, really do get trickled down to the everyday laborer, you know, and, and I, I like to say at work, you know, accessibility, you know, at our agency covers a wide gamut of our operation um, from the Brooklyn Bridge painter who needs to set up an accessible path of travel around his work zone to the day-to-day -day operations at the Staten Island Ferry making sure that all New Yorkers are able to enjoy and benefit from the work that we do at DOT. Um, and I've had great successes with that because, like I said earlier, already we've been doing so much. So, you know, what I've, my biggest success has been able to come in and extract those works that we've already been doing and showcasing them and engaging with the public and members of our community to say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, what could you be doing? What could we be doing together to make New York City one of the most accessible cities in the world? You know, and get more people with disabilities to come here and enjoy their stay and get more New Yorkers with disabilities out into the streets to be contributing members to society, to be enjoying the, the wealth and beauty and you know, delicious ambiguities out in the streets that we encounter every day that r right now aren't adaptable and aren't, don't, you know, aren't lending themselves to this subset of the community. That's great. And it's such a powerful story. Um, so, you know, we typically end with asking the pathmaker to share their learnings. But in this instance, I'm going to ask you to let us know, the audience here, a call to action. So if you had to make a call of action for all of us listening to this podcast and all the pathmakers out there and the next generation, what would you say? You know, my biggest call to action and the best thing that I think I can say to others is to never ever allow another person or the media or society at large define what success means to you because you'll never be happy when you give that authority to a, a separate body um, and a lot of people will say well how you know how am I supposed to know 
when I'm just going into college. I, you know, I, I don't have a passion. And it's really funny um, because I love having conversations with people who say, you know, I don't know what my passion is. And then we spend 10, 15 minutes talking and I let them tell me what they're into, what they do when they're not at work. And real quick, the, their passion comes out because our passion is that thing that we want to be doing all the time, that thing that we go back to thinking about, to writing about, to researching, reading, watching movies about. You know, there's a theme in all of our lives, and that's our passion. We just have to stop the noise and, and you know, see the patterns that we already carry. So let's not, let's not get boggled down by overthinking it. We're already doing what we're passionate about, just in very small increments. And let's tie that to how we're going to be successful, because success to me means being happy every day. And knowing that I love what I do, that I make a difference in the lives of others. And personally, that I make kids laugh. <laughs> so letting those be my measures for success, I can tell you that I am a very successful 26-year-old. And I cannot wait to see what's to come. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's it's amazing story. And I think everyone can find a lot of inspiration from your story. So thank you so much again. And uh, we'll be talking soon. So thank you.